there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. All right, so let's get into a little bit of what happened yesterday because some of this stuff could carry over and impact how we look at things moving forward, specifically over there in the NBA and Kelly, whenever we're looking at how some of these games broke down yesterday, you see the bucks come out and, and handle up on the Sixers. Yes. The, yes, the Sixers don't have Embiid, but they've been playing pretty well without him. But instead this was a massive 21 point win for the bucks. And you know, the bucks, I think at this point, you're looking at this team and you say like, all right, they kind of were up and down all year long. Were they really going to put it together? Was this really going to be a team that could contend for the title? And I think what we've seen here over the last couple of games, very small sample size, but we do see this Bucks team that we see what the potential is for this Bucks team. And we see that this is a team that definitely 100%, no matter what you thought of them all year long, it is a team that can compete when it comes down to it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think this is what uh, this is exactly what they needed, right? This was the, um, it, you, you know, you're, you're trying to temper everybody's expectations and try and everybody be patient a little bit with Doc coming in. But it, it's very similar to me of always what, what happened with James Harden and the Clippers. I mean, he joined him on a road trip, to, you know, when, when, when he signed on. And I know that he doesn't have Doc's not going to have the same impact that James Harden's going to have on a team. But when you're trying to come in, you're bringing in a guy to massively change things because something's gone horribly wrong through the start of the season. No matter what we think about Doc Rivers, the guy still has a ton of coaching experience that this stuff take t- takes time. And, Matt, I just view it as they needed the all-star break. You finally are able to, like, get home, get some practices under your belt together. And now I think this is the period where it's fair to start judging yeah. what this Milwaukee team is going to be once they get in the playoffs over these next few weeks. This is when they need to put their foot on the gas pedal. That's two great wins to start out of the all-star break. Let's see what they can do. I'm definitely not counting them out as a big threat in the Eastern Conference. That brought them to 500 on the road for the season, 14-14. and 14 away from Milwaukee. Giannis goes 30, 12 boards, and assists shy of a triple-double. Nine assists for him, 24 from Lillard, 20 from Beasley, and then Portis chips in 17 off the bench. And you kind of start to put together in your head what this team could possibly be, what this team could look like, what a night of a good game could look like. And I think what you saw last night is is the typical, okay, the Bucks had a great performance, the Bucks looked really good. This is kind of the box score you're going to look in and see. If, in, in my personal opinion. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's it, except for one notable name missing too, right? I mean, Chris Middleton will be yeah. back uh, here uh, shortly. And that's going to be 
Um, you know, it's great to have the addition of Damian Lillard, but, I mean, every time we've seen the Bucks have success, we've seen Chris Middleton be a huge part of it. I think that's going to be one thing that you're going to uh, – it's going to be dependent on him looking good as they run uh, head into the playoffs, that defense get a little bit better. If all those things start to click, though, man, I mean, watch out because out, outside of the Boston Celtics, this Eastern Conference is wide open. Yeah, absolutely. We look over at the Mavericks who were on a nice run. Uh, you see – you go out and you get 29 from Kyrie, you get 33 from Luka, and you're thinking you're probably going to win the game if you get 33 and 29, and instead you end up losing by 20 points to the Pacers because you give up 133. Now, they have been playing a little bit better defense of late, but in this one, the Pacers come out, really put it on them, 133 points given up by this Mavs team. And if there's anything you want to do to poke a hole in this Mavs team, Kelly, it would be the defense, right? Because you know you have two of the most prolific scorers in the NBA on the court at the same time in any given night. They did last night can go for 60. They can go for 70 combined between those two. The problem is, is can they keep the other team from putting it in the basket almost at will, and they could not do it yesterday. Yeah, and that is something we've seen, you know, kind of shift since the trade deadline is their defense has been better. I was on the Mavs yesterday. It felt like the whole world was. Um, and, yeah, ran into a buzzsaw. That defense kind of looking like the defense of old uh, yesterday, and the Pacers uh, getting, getting a lot of easy points. Miles Turner with a really easy 30-point game. Uh, filling it up there against the Mavericks. And, um, I, look, they're going to be an interesting team to track here. It was, uh, you know, as we lead into the MVP conversation, it is a, a team that, you know, a couple weeks ago, it was, I, I can't really consider Luka Doncic until this team starts winning, and they've been winning, you know, over the past couple weeks. So yeah, he's becoming a lot more real in that conversation. We go in, the Nuggets and the Warriors went off with just a one-point spread in that game. The Nuggets go on the road, win that game handily by 16 points on a monster monster game by Nikola Jokic. If you look, 32 points, 16 boards, 16 assists, four steals, throw in a block as well. And by the way, he only turned the ball over two times yeah, it's not bad. in that game. Just an absolute monster of a game. And oh, by the way, Murray chips in 27 on the side to get this team. Again, like I know people have been kind of mad with the way the Nuggets season has gone, Kelly. It seems like they were sleepwalking. It's kind of like, did, were they having this championship hangover? But you watch and you see what Jokic does, and you see Murray chipping the 27 on top of that, and then you get the 17 from Gordon, and you start to realize, like, okay, maybe they were sleepwalking a tad, and maybe there was at least a minimal amount of a hangover here, but they are definitely every bit the contender that we thought that they were going to be heading into this season and should be one of the favorites to win it all because when you have those guys out there on the court, games like this happen a lot. Yeah. Not the 32-16-16, not the but we know Jokic is good for a triple-double anytime he steps on the court. They are every bit the contender, and I, I get it if you were if you were lukewarm on them because of what you saw throughout the middle of the season. But you know, listen, I think that they were probably they probably were. Kelly, I think it's fair to say they probably were a little bit complacent. They probably were a little bit sleepwalking, and it is what it is now because we're heading down the stretch. And you see a game last night, and you go, "Oh, okay, yeah." There, there, there's that nugget. Yeah, I also don't. I also don't think I'd be shocked. I, I think the Clippers, you could say this about too. I don't think we should be shocked if down the stretch, like they. You know, maybe Jokic uh, takes off a game yeah. or two. Yeah, I mean, you, they, what's the most crucial for Denver and LA, the Clippers, uh, being is that you're entering this play, the playoffs healthy, and they because they are going to have a top four seed. You're not have to worry about them falling back into yeah. the play in. So I do think that anytime we see 
okay, a slight grab at the hamstring or something like that, could that mean a missed game for Nikola Jokic when it normally wouldn't? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. I think that's a good possibility with the Clippers, too, given their uh, injury history. We saw Paul George sit last night uh, for the Clippers. So I think that's something... Don't freak out if they, these teams maybe don't end this, the regular season as strong as what they've looked like, uh, you know, over the past couple months. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, I think over these next few weeks, this is, this is where these teams can really, really start clicking and uh, try, try to capture that one seed and, and separate themselves from the pack that's built at the top there. We know that it is a reactionary market. All of these awards markets are reactionary, and so you get a massive game out of Jokic. What do you do? You wake up this morning to him being a minus 160 favorite to win the MVP SGA at plus 250. Luka at plus 650, everybody else 14 to 1 or longer. We talked a little bit about Jokic when I was in here a couple of weeks ago, Kelly, and saying, you know, he, he probably should be the front runner. And unless something really happens as far as him, like I said, taking significant time off or whatever, he's probably the guy to get this thing here. SGA is putting up a, a – look, I, I, you cannot complain at all about what SGA is doing. It's, it's unbelievable what he's doing when he steps out on the court. But then – you just see how every phase of the game can be impacted by Jokic. You know, again, 16 boards, 16 assists to go along with the 32 points. Oh, by the way, four steals chipped in as well. And you just realize it, the odds were probably appropriate, and they probably still are appropriate here. Yeah, this is uh, – I, I, Matt, I think we might end up seeing a all-time MVP race here. I think these four guys are are all live. I think they all have a path. When you talk about Nicole Jokic, SGA, Giannis, and Luka, I, I think there is absolutely reality where uh, the Bucks, if they start playing well and racking up wins, get back in the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, people are going to look around at what Giannis is doing stat wise this season. He's he could be jumped up into that conversation. We see Luka Doncic how his odds have moved as this Mavericks team has won. And this is you know I think we were talking about this a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, uh, and it's it was my hesitation on Jokic and Doncic was okay. Jokic hasn't had as great of a season as he's had in years past. But then you look at what he's done. I mean, just these three games uh, out of the All Star break: twenty one points, nineteen rebounds, fifteen assists against the Wizards; twenty nine points, fifteen rebounds, fourteen assists against Portland; thirty two points, sixteen and sixteen, like you said last night against Golden State. I, Okay, it's really hard to argue against a guy <laughs> right. that keeps doing that yeah. over over and over again. You can again. justify the odds movement you, you, anyway. You yeah, can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And then Luca, you know, it was my always my question: Is this team going to win? Is this team going to win enough? But now all they've been doing is winning. Take out of that game from yesterday. So I really think I really think this has turned into a a four horse race. I think it's going to be pretty live to the end. I think SGA is right there in the conversation, though. I really I, do. I, I do too. And you look at I, is it is there any reason to believe? that it's because he he plays in Oklahoma City. I mean, like, there, there has to be some of that, right? I mean... As far as what? Like, the, we're just, not the big national market, just, so like he's not going to get the love? Like, we in the bubble make the make the case for SGA, and we're the ones beating the table and all. But like, you don't hear that a ton from anybody else, yeah. you know? And you certainly don't hear, don't hear it from the general public. I mean, I you could go ask... You could go ask a basketball fan, by the way, who do you think the top three guys in the in the MVP betting market? They might tell you Jokic. They might tell you Giannis. They might tell you Luke. SGA would be the guy that got left out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. That makes me sad. I, I hope at the I hope at the end of the day, though, the voters that vote on this war to look look at what Shea Gilgis Alexander had to work with this season and what he how far he brought this team. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. 
Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I can't wait to ask the first question here to our very own Jonathan Von Tobel, who certainly has looked and scrutinized this logo that is going to be debuting for the Clippers next season. Yay or nay, JVT? Oh, yay. Okay, thank you. Me too. I like it. Yeah, it's cool. You know, it goes back to the roots of the Clippers and and why they're called the Clippers for many people who don't really know why. Um, You know, the current logo, which Kelly has seen me rock. I have a fitted of the current logo, which is like the L and the C, and it looks all crappy and whatnot. Um, it's it's way better than what they've got currently. And you go back to the red unis, which has been sorely missed. So, yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in. And I'll tell you this. Before you make your opinion out there, I want everyone to click on the logo and then read as to why all the stuff is in the logo and where it is. And it will make you like it even if you think you don't like it because you're like, uh, Kelly, by the way, they put the N in Los Angeles at the very top of the logo because it's pointing north. Like, I mean, all these little things like that. I I never knew how much work went into these things. Like, even like the VGK like logo, like it took me a long time to see like the V, I think it like the V in the helmet. Like, it's a a lot of masterful design, all with a purpose. All with a purpose. All with a purpose. All right, JVT, what did we learn yesterday in the NBA? Let's start with the Bucks and the Sixers. You see them go out and win convincingly. Sure, it is it is no Embiid there for the Sixers, but they've been playing well even without him, and there's been a ton of question marks around this Bucks team. Yeah, I, I think for, for the 76ers, it's a team that's just kind of challenged, right, without Joel Embiid out there, and especially with the new look roster. One of the things that I've kind of pointed out, and, you know, I had the Bucks yesterday in the write-up and, and talked about it a little bit at length, which is, you know, it's they're not a very good rebounding team without uh, Joel Embiid out there. They're a very poor perimeter defensive team uh, because now if you look at it, now that Patrick Beverly's gone, you've got these guys who are just not really dominant on-ball defenders, and so Embiid's not out there to help carry the weight on offense. All of a sudden, you got a team that really just struggles in multiple facets, and sure enough, up yesterday offensive rating of 125 and non-garbage time for the Milwaukee Bucks an offensive rating a 97.8 for Philadelphia I think this is just what this team's going to be here as you move forward and for Milwaukee like as you kind of mentioned these are two really good wins coming out of the break I think when you're able to go into Philadelphia take care of business the way that you should against a, a lowly 76ers team is currently constructed that's a positive and the defensive effort and guys the fact that it looked like maybe they were going to let go of the rope against Minnesota on Friday night but ultimately kind of hunkered down and, and got a really big win on the road against the Timberwolves. So I think you like what you see. Now it's two games, right? Two wins, two covers. Let's see if they can continue this as the second worst cover team in the NBA as we move forward. But uh, no better way to start the second half here uh, for Milwaukee than what they've done in the first two contests. Mavs been playing well. We see that win streak come to an end with a 20-point loss on the road at the Pacers. And what do you, you know, you, you get the big scoring night from Luka. You get the big scoring night from Kyrie, but then you give up the 133. We know that that has been something that we have been talking about with this Mavs team all season long is, hey, yeah, they got two of the best scorers, but they can't stop anybody else from scoring. Is this just, hey, listen, it's a blip because they have been playing a little bit better defense. Are you worried at all here about like, okay, see, they're back to the same old Mavs? Or you're like, you know, you know, whatever. You're going to, some nights you're going to go out and you're going to give up 133. 
Yeah, I think this is just a quintessential Mavericks game, right? Like you said, the, the upside on offense is incredible when you have Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic out there. And the reason why they had gone on that win streak prior was that Kyrie Irving came back healthy and then all of a sudden they rip off seven consecutive wins. They cover six of those. And so, like, I think this is just what the Mavericks are going to be, which is why in the grand scheme of things, I think you have questions as to whether or not they can actually win an NBA title. I think they can beat any team in a best of seven series, any single one of them, because they're so good on offense. But can they win four is the real question. When you're when you're playing defense in that way, and your objective almost every single game is outscore your opponents. They've got some decent defensive pieces, but nowhere near enough in which you're going to be able to play consistently on that end of the floor to win multiple best of seven. So if they get into the first round, let's say they're the seven seed or whatever it is, could they spring an upset over Oklahoma City or Minnesota, whoever they get in that first round? I think absolutely. But then will they be able to do that consistently is a real question. I think they can't. So I think they're a danger on any given night. But in terms of the big picture, I think last night was a perfect example, Matt, where sometimes you're going to go out and you're going to get burned by guys like Andrew Nembhard, who looked really good in limited action and everything else. So I think that's kind of the short side here for the Dallas Mavericks. What do you make of this Pelicans team? They let the Bulls come in, beat them uh, last yeah. night, you know, and, and you just see this team that at points you go, wow, there, there's something there. And then there's other times and you look like last night where you let, again, they let the Bulls come into their home court and, and beat them up a little bit. Is this, are they, are they, are they, you know, we always do the contender pretender thing. Are, are they just pretenders? I dude, I don't know. So this is the one team that I haven't. I'm looking right now because I wanted to get this right. So like they're a team that right now is eighth in net rating in non-garbage time, seventh in defense. Like and those are two generally good indicators that you're going to be a good team. But the problem with this squad this year, guys, is they're right around average on offense, and that shouldn't be the case. You know, one of the upsides of having your trio of CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and just Zion Williamson in general was that you're supposed to be a, an overtly efficient offense, and this was supposed to help. You're supposed to be able to pressure the rim. You're supposed to be able to cause issues, get to the foul line, dominate on the glass, and that just hasn't really been the case. One of their big issues, they turn the ball over a lot on nearly 14% of their offensive possessions. That's going to kill you in terms of efficiency. So I, I think, Matt, this is one team that I haven't been able to get my read on because they're floating around a five seed. There are some statistics that show you that they're a really good club. And then you go out and you get a performance like that yesterday and you realize, oh, this is why they're just floating around a five seed and not showing any consistency. So I would agree with the sentiment. Like I just, I'm not sure what to do with them just because I think that they have these small issues that are ultimately going to hold them back. I think we're kind of this year, I don't want to jinx it. I think for this season, we're kind of done asking the question, will Zion Williamson be healthy? He's shown that he's going to at least be healthy and be there for a minute. It's just, are you going to get things together on the offensive end? And through about, what are we talking about now? 58, 60 games, it has shown at the very least that you're going to be an average offense. And in today's NBA, that can't carry you very far. So we have now seen Jokic move after the monster game last night to minus 160 yep. in the MVP market. Let's say somebody has been an NFL better, NFL season's over, they're parachuting in, they want to get in an MVP ticket. They're not going to put $160 down to win 100 They want to put 100 down and win more money than they put down. JVT, where should their money go? Is it SGA at 250 Is it Luka at 650 Is it Giannis at 14 What do you think here yeah. if someone wants to come in and, and get a nice little ticket to sweat for the rest of the season? So I think at this point, and I'll say this, like, cause this is the point where, you know, with every fart in the wind, the odds are going to move right for most valuable player. It, like no matter what's going to happen, you're going to see some sort of an adjustment. And I would say for voters and in general, Shea Gilders Alexander the other day effectively eliminated Kawhi Leonard from the conversation, right? Cause they go where they have, they host the Clippers, they blow them out. And I think a lot of people are going going to, okay, we're done with Kawhi Leonard. And I think that's kind of fair. So I think right now you're looking at a two and a half horse race. And I say a half because Luca does have the counting stats, but I don't know if they're going to win enough for him to get this 
Guys, at this point right now, I, I'm sitting and staring at Shea Gilders Alexander a plus 250 to potentially win this award. They could still win the number one seed in the Western Conference. He is absolutely incredible on both ends. I think he still leads the league in steals per game. He's obviously incredible with his efficiency numbers and his scoring. And if they end up winning a top seed in the West, be it one or two, and finish ahead of Denver, that could make the difference here for Shea Gilders Alexander. And at the very least, I think the gap between him and Nikola Jokic is not as far as the market would indicate. I think what's happened here is we get the most recent straw poll a couple of weeks back that has Jokic with, a, what was it, like 60, 67 votes out of 100, whatever it was. And so the market uses that as a placeholder until we get the next one. I think Shea Gilders Alexander has a very realistic shot at winning this, given how good he is, how much he has used, what he has done for a team that could win the West, and especially a plus 250 or better. I think that's where you're going. And I'm going to add Shea here uh, to the portfolio because I think he's the one that's ultimately going to win this award. I think he deserves it at this point right now. Short slate tonight, JVT. Anything in your account? Yes, uh, the uh, Grizzlies money line plus 105 uh, article is about to go up on the website of Easton.com. So you can check out the write up there, too, with the other games as well. But look, guys, Brooklyn, one and seven straight up, two and six against the spread in their last eight games. Latest melting down against the Timberwolves on Saturday night uh, when they had, uh, I think, 0.85 points per possession in the second half. They lose despite leading at halftime as an eight and a half, nine point underdog. This team stinks, guys. If you're looking at it, larger sample size. How about this? Nets eight and 25 straight up, eight, 24 and one against the spread in the last 33 games. They've been abysmal and the market's been kind of slow on really adjusting to this team and how bad it has been from a power rating standpoint. And I think you can make, he's not going to win it. You can make a sick case for Taylor Jenkins to win coach of the year because he has had this Memphis team playing really hard, especially on the defensive end. They come into today, guys, despite the fact that they have already clinched the under on their win total, that they're one of the worst teams record-wise, eighth in defensive efficiency. They're playing really hard on that end of the floor. They are 10-5 against the spread in their last 15 games, just in much better form, especially at home. So I took Grizzlies' money line. I'm going to take my chance with a better coach team at least playing really hard defense and not giving up on a night-to-night -night basis uh, other than Brooklyn, which has looked like an absolute nightmare, firing Jock Vaughn, Kevin Ollie doesn't really look like he's going to be the guy either through a couple of games. It's been a nightmare for Brooklyn. I'll take my chances with the home underdog tonight. JBT, 20 seconds. They're trying to ban storming the court. Your opinion? Uh, I think that uh, Phil Paskey tried to try to take a shot at a fan uh, right before <laughs> he got hurt. So uh, I think, no, just kidding. Uh, just don't make rules that you can't do it if you're favored. How about that? Let's do that because you were favored to win the game. Come on. <laughs> There's uh, Kelly, you know, I'll, I'll get your opinion here on the on the other side here. But it's just it's it's I, the I deal like, like you weren't supposed to do it anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, we're going to ban it. Like, I thought it was what it already banned. Like, what do you mean? You I like, I like, I like the idea already... of video boards as you enter the arena, though. You right. are favored tonight. Do not storm <laughs> yes. the court. Yes. <laughs> court storming game or not. You know, like, you got to figure it out. Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you guys. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.